0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com, and we are looking at Jon Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. Joining me today, I have Jonathan and Chris from the Minute Impossible podcast. Hey, guys. Terrence Howard. More Terrence, Terrence Howard. Stamp, right, Ooh. right,
1: right. Terrence Stamp. Terrence
0: Stamp. <laughs> 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 minute 54 starts with Tony interrupting Rhodey. And it ends with Rhodey getting ready to tell Tony what he needs. A little a little talking to, apparently, is what's happening here. This is the scene we've been uh, complaining about. Started complaining yesterday. Now we have Tony popping up and interrupting. And, you know, it's that typical Tony Stark joviality. We've got that jokiness that he's got with all of these students. And, uh, you know, it's it's a nice scene. It plays fine. It's the relationship between these two guys we get here. Even if the scene doesn't, it's not necessary, but I don't know. What do you guys think of the scene?
2: Well, also, this scene is the unveiling of Tony Stark's Tick hair. His hair. His hair is very different than the rest of the movie. So that leads me to believe, like you were saying yesterday, it's a reshoot. <laughs> I mean, his hair slicked back the whole movie, and this yeah. is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very loose. That, that's they got loose hair.
1: Either that or it was one of the first things they shot before they realized that they wanted his hair slicked back. One of the two. <laughs> it's either reshoots or first
2: thing. <laughs> nah, I'm going
0: with reshoot. Yeah. It, it It's entirely possible. I mean, I would think that because we're at Edwards Air Force Base that they were trying to get all the stuff done at Edwards at the same time. But it is possible that they were trying to find a way to kind of tighten things up with this scene and, and just clean it up in some way. But it's it's still.
2: Also, we don't know if this is Edwards Air Force Base like being used this is could be a
0: well they they filmed the they filmed all of their military stuff at. okay so
2: this they wouldn't have moved the airplane somewhere else right
0: no yeah i I wouldn't think so yeah all right i haven't seen anything about any them filming at any other air force bases
2: but them shooting this at night would probably be i mean obviously that's when they were doing uh, other stuff you know the day stuff is day stuff you can't fake it but this this if it's a reshoot just hey can we come in for like i don't know half a day tomorrow
0: night and start at midnight and we'll go till four in the morning four or five yeah one of those things it's it's an odd i don't know i i I don't know i just struggle with it because it's a scene where where tony comes in he's got this like i said he's got the banter with the students that whole joke about roadie's past that which you know i guess you know the whole thing with spring break 1987 that lovely lady what's his name little gay panic was it ivan yeah, right. Though it, so it's not needed. It's uh,
2: it's, it's a joke that's like, okay, all right.
0: It's 2008. We're still we're still making jokes like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, is it Terrence Howard's acting? I do feel like yes. Some is it is it the acting or is it just the script? Is there blame to throw?
2: It is Terrence Howard's acting. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna always be on the side of it's Terrence Howard's fault.
0: Well, <laughs> I I know you are, but I feel like the script is crap it too. Is. Here, uh, it
2: doesn't help him. No, it, at all. And also, Tony Stark doesn't feel like Tony Stark. Like, RDJ doesn't, like, like he does that little story, but it's like a bad long-form improv where they're like, uh, what kind of scene are we doing? We're an Air Force hangar. Okay, uh, what is my character's motivation? You're trying to get a suit of armor made. Okay. And what is his? He doesn't want to listen. Okay, here we go. We're going to do the scene. And they like, <laughs> do the scene. It doesn't feel written. It feels very off the cuff, and it just it compared to the how tight the last scene was and how well it worked between two people. Yeah, this may also be why Terrence Howard is no longer working on this movie. The there's just no chemistry.
0: It plays very roughly, and I just I feel like the script, everything about it just feels awkward. I, and I get it. They're they're going for this place where where Tony's like, you know, I'm I'm creating something. I want you to be a part of it. But it's not for the military. And so, But it's like, why is he, What what's the motivation here? And, and obviously, they're pulling from the history. I mean, there is a very long history that we have in the comics between Tony and Rhodey. Mm-hmm. And it's great the way that it plays out in the comics. It's a really interesting relationship, actually. And so I, I get it. They're trying to kind of keep that relationship going here. But it, it's a scene that just is like, it just goes nowhere. It's so frustrating. And we know they can write it because how come Happy's been in this movie
2: a fraction of the time and we're all good with their relationship?
0: Yeah, right. Like,
2: it's totally rings true. And now it's also the director. But what what was was going on on set? And this goes back to why Terrence Howard may may
0: no longer be on the movie. He may have just not gelled. Well, that's possible. The story, according to Terrence Howard, is that when it came time to make Iron Man 2 – When they offered him the part, his his pay was drastically cut because, as he said, uh, Robert Downey Jr. wanted to make a lot more money. And so they took all of the money for Robert Downey Jr. out of Terrence Howard's salary. And so his salary increased while Terrence Howard's dropped and he didn't think that was fair. And so he backed out. That's his story.
1: That's how would he know that he had an uh, he had a contract for multiple films. At a certain price, which is the same price he made for this movie, because he made more money on this movie than Robert Downey Jr. did. Right. But when time came for the second movie, they were like, yeah, no, Robert should be making more money. And he wanted to make the same money. And they're like, yeah, we can lose you.
2: (laughs) So, yeah. In the greatest way possible. Hey, it's me. Get over it. (laughs) Exactly. Well,
0: and it's, you know, if he were if he had played it smart and just like, you know, okay, I just I'm excited to be a part of the project we would still have terrence howard in as roadie but maybe that would be uh something that none of us were that thrilled about because i know i really love don cheadle when he comes and takes yeah over. i
2: love don cheadle yeah he so, and that and that's where the camaraderie you're like now i've seen don cheadle in other shows and he seems to have this camaraderie with everybody so i think don cheadle brings the rdj vibe himself yeah, i think I he once he and rdj get together you're like oh well this is just this was meant to be. Right, well, there,
1: there's right. like that one scene in, and I mean, I know we're jumping forward here, but there's that one scene in a- Age of Ultron where they're trying to lift the hammer, Thor's hammer, and they both got the the gloves on, you know, the 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 gauntlets on, and they're trying to lift it, and they're talking to each other jokingly to try to get it going, and then the chemistry there alone <laughs> is like a hundred times more than the chemistry that they've got. That he's got like with are Terrence you Howard even in this whole movie. Are you he's even like, doing it, dude? I'm doing, doing it. <laughs> Do it exactly. It just I love that little bit. It's it's a throwaway thing, but it's so great because it shows who they really are as friends. And
2: uh, I don't think we ever got that moment in this movie here. No, I I just think there's just, I just don't think it gels, and that's not Terrence Howard's fault, fault on no. that level. If no. They don't gel. They don't gel. Right. Him no, coming know. off with now having excuses for it. Hey, guess what? He's very successful. He doesn't need me to like him, but. This movie is better without him because that's where we are right now. We're, right now yeah. we're in a Terrence Howard is in this movie.
0: So, yeah, and it's, it's, it is, it's a scene that, I mean, it, it, it's, I don't know what else we can say about this scene. It, uh, we'll talk more about it tomorrow because we got to finish it. We got to finish it off. Get your tomorrow. title
2: tonight. It's a uh, Terrence Howard is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Terrence Howard is in this scene uh, and the rest of the movie. He has to go through more Terrence Howard scenes. I don't
0: have to do that. Yeah, anymore. We've, I've got to finish. Uh, no. Talking about him, but but again, it's not as focused on Terrence Howard as uh, or on Roadie as uh, we will be in future films. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Well, I think again, this was a pickup, and the other scenes were shot as small piece. That he was just a small piece. They just needed someone from the Air Force or the military's POV. To be giving feedback on Iron Man, because Iron Man is basically a living, breathing weapon.
0: Well, that's the that's the big change with the character of Rhodey, because he was never in the military in that capacity in the comics. He was always Tony's pilot. And then he ended up becoming Iron Man when Tony went on his drinking binge and then. Later down the line, he became War Machine. So it's, it's kind of a much more interesting relationship, I think. And But I, I can see why they may have wanted to kind of go the military route with him, just to really emphasize that weapons designer and that kind of connection to the military. I, I think that it it works in context of the way the story is told in the film, you know? Yeah, I you agree, know? too. I agree. So... Well, I don't want to. I don't know if there's anything else to talk about here for this one. So you know, we got a little more time today. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your background with Iron Man? Were either of you guys comic book readers? Yeah, I was. I mean, obviously, I was. I think Jonathan was too, right? Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Did you guys read Iron Man? Because I had read comics, but I had never read an Iron Man comic. No,
2: I was a big Iron Man kid. When I was reading Iron Man, he was in the red and white armor. Oh, okay. So it was later. He had the triangle. So this would have been mid '90s.
1: I was reading him in the early, in the mid '80s, like '84, '85. That's when I started reading Iron Man. So he was still. Oh, when was still drinking? Yeah, he was
0: still drinking and all that. I think the drinking was no well, I, '70s yeah, into the early yeah. '80s, right?
1: But he, I, I, thought, I don't know if he was drinking as much then. But I know, I remember it being, you know, that he was in the in the gold and and red outfit still. With the circular arc. I mean, it was it was probably between 84 and eighty four and 87 that I was reading it. As well as Captain America. Those were like two that I always read. Um, and X-Men. Those were my, my, my comic books. And then, I mean, to tell you the truth, it's, it's hard to remember a lot about that. Because I was <laughs> reading so many back then. But I always remember Love and Iron Man back then. And um, I was excited when, over the years, they kept talking about making a movie. Because I always thought it was a great idea. But, you know, some of the people who were involved, I wasn't really gung-ho about <laughs> except for when they when they said Tom Cruise at one point I was pretty excited about that but then <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't excited about like Nick Cassavetes tr- doing it or some
2: of the other people that they talked about you know yeah
0: right right so when, when yeah it was a strange choice yeah. who
2: was it that had the first Fantastic Four that never got we can now see it Roger Corman that they made that that
1: quick oh Corman the yeah, quickie one Corman. for Oof. a million
2: dollars yeah yeah
1: but you know I mean wow. they, they, I mean Iron Man's gone through so many hands he was at you know I think at one point he was at New Line. I think another point he was right. He was part of the deal with with the the Concord and and Canon thing that they were doing for a while, where Canon had the rights to so many characters like Spider Man and stuff like that back in the eighties when they wanted James Cameron to do Spider Man. But just the idea, you know, when this was announced and I heard that Favreau was on and Robert Downey, I was so excited just because I love Favreau as it is, and then Robert Downey Jr. I always loved, and he, this was coming off of um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was just amazing
0: such a great so movie. so the
1: idea of him the idea of him playing iron man to me was just like perfect i mean he was the iron man in my head once i heard it i was like i can't imagine anybody else yeah and and so i you know i followed the movie pretty pretty closely until it came out and i went to see it opening night the midnight show on uh the thursday before uh-huh and my son my son was was born the year before so he was still like a, he was barely a year old when this came out and uh, I just I, I went to the Midnight Show by myself because I had to. And uh, I, I was so excited about it. I had to tell everybody to go see this thing after that. And just the prospect of of, of it being a series and that someday we would get an Avengers movie was, was something I couldn't even imagine when I was reading these comics back in, in the 80s, let alone when I saw the movie, you know. So here we are 10 years later. Sure, And when, and yeah. when, the,
2: and when at the end of this movie, the, the, the Avengers initiative being even teased. Yeah even bro- breathed out loud i mean i lost my yeah. mind and,
1: and and see the thing is I'd i had read about that I, prior to the movie so i was sitting in a theater by myself at like two in the morning when it was rolling credits and people were leaving and i would tell people who were there in their iron man shirts i go no no stay stay trust me stay because <laughs> you know so many people didn't know about that ending and uh but i think after the first couple days the word got out about it that You know, I, I, to me, this, the year it came out, you know, that was, like I said, it was also the year that Dark Knight came out. So this and Dark Knight were like my two favorite films that year, but it was also the, the month that the new Indiana Jones movie came out. So I was so excited about just the prospect (laughs) of another Indiana Jones film that once I saw this movie a a couple weeks before Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones had a lot to, to live up to because I was already on board about this cuz this made me feel the way that I saw when I saw Raiders for the first time. I felt that way about this movie the first time I saw it. Um and it's still one of those movies that I watch 3 or 4 times a year because it I just enjoy it and even if I'm not watching it it's on in the background. Uh like it was
2: the other day when I was watching it. My kids don't watch this one. My kids don't binge on this movie and my kids don't really read comic books so but they they do love the Marvel universe. Yeah. Like we're always my son and I are the first ones in line to go see yeah, yeah right. my son loves loves the okay, universe
1: so. but he doesn't read comics either he just he loves the the movies you know it's the same thing
0: my kids burned out on the movies and my wife gave up on them a while ago and i've been making them all go back through them and i think they're all enjoying them because we're finally back up to black panther and everybody is now completely caught up through black panther and i feel like we're at a great place right now because i am very much looking forward to showing my wife infinity war soon she oh, yeah. can finally finally catch up <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember taking my son to see Iron Man 2, and I think he, w- he was probably four, maybe three or four, and he he went nuts. I mean, he was all about Iron Man after that, and I mean, he had masks and the little gauntlets and the toys, and and then when Avengers came out, he was even more nuts about it. I mean, he's just been nuts since then, and now it's like a, a new Marvel movie. I mean, when it, the trailer came out for Endgame the other, the other week, it was just like... He was nuts about it. He was more excited about it than even I was. So I think I think this generation is really all about it, you know.
0: And it's so funny because Iron Man was not one of the top iconic Marvel characters. No, I mean, Spider-Man and Hulk were always like the top two, hence the number of, of projects that the two of them had had. But Iron Man was pretty far down the list to the point where they had to create some short films, animated films, to kind of help explain to people, who this character was, because a lot of people thought he was a robot. It's so funny yeah. looking back on on pre two thousand eight opinions of who Iron Man was. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like my son loves the. Uh, he used to love the those animated films that Lionsgate was making when they had the rights to it for the animated films, and even like things like the when they did the the Young Avenger or the New Avengers and the those ones. He liked all of those films, so he watched all of those growing up. So to him, he knows a lot more about the characters because of those animated films, surprisingly, than I can remember sometimes because of, of the knowledge that they throw out on those things.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, It's nice that Marvel had kind of figured things out far enough, and and you know, they knew that they didn't want to throw in the little bit with Nick Fury at the end of, like, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, which came out the year before this. Uh, it was smart for them to wait until you know, they're kind of doing it all on their own, and here they are, Let's let's kind of try this out and see what we can do with it and it's just it's so smart of them to do this
1: i think also you know the 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 fact that there were so many rights issues over the years yeah and there was there was a whole thing about you know who owned what and having you know auctioned off characters and and you know sony had spider-man and a whole list of characters and fox had the x-men and fantastic four and daredevil and all these other characters for a long time that they, that marvel was kind of left with like the, the scraps as he were and they had to make these characters really you know stars on their own and i think they did a great job of that uh i think iron man was probably the best character to pick for that because he was it was like people were seeing a new character that they'd never heard of yeah. um but that had right. a history to him
2: like my dad didn't know who iron man yeah. was really when he first saw these movies now he's all mcu'd yeah. up but at the time i mean he would have been like now is iron man a robot or does he is yeah. he yeah like what does he do? Yeah. Like what's his deal? And now he would never think to ask me those kind of questions like he knows who Black Panther is, which is I mean he would never have known who Black Panther is. No. <laughs> That's just not a comic book my dad would have known about. Yeah. So it it's so awesome now to have people out there like, "Oh yeah, Captain Marvel, yeah. Wakanda." <laughs> You're like, "What you know what Wakanda is?" That's awesome. Yeah, that, that you know that, that people know what what like, you know, the Quantum Realm is and
1: and Doctor Strange. I mean these these far out sort of comic books that were no, nowhere on anybody's. They were French. Yeah. they
2: weren't the no, main. exactly. Characters. And they
1: were nowhere on anybody's film radar either. Like, who's going to make a Doctor Strange film, and who's going to make an Ant Man movie? You know, the the fact that those are big characters now, and they they carry their own movies and and sequels and and franchises. You know, it's and and the amazing part to me is that that there's so many good characters and actors playing these characters now that when we lose a Robert Downey Jr. or we lose a Chris Evans as Captain America or. An, or these these char- these actors disappear from the franchise, they've got plenty of other actors and characters to take it over, and it won't feel as big of a loss as it would have, you know, maybe five six years ago.
2: Don Cheadle will take over every role in the MCU if he needs to, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no one will care. be like, fine, so have put in a mocap suit, we're fine. Exactly.
1: But yeah, I, I think I think that this universe has expanded so well, and the fact that they even you know on, when they get to Hulk, you know, they moved. The end credit scene up to the mid credit scene, basically. Yeah. Because they didn't they didn't want people to wait around until the end to see Robert Downey Jr. show up,
0: you know? Yeah, that was a very smart way to play that.
1: That was it. That's how much of an impact this movie made.
2: Yeah. Uh within the the six weeks between this opening and the Hulk opening. Yeah, right, right. Fun fact, Don Cheadle was going to play the Hulk of the new movie before they cast uh what's his face? Mark Ruffalo.
0: Edward oh Mark Ruffalo. Yeah.
2: That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I, I, I thought he
1: was up for for Captain
2: Marvel.
0: Don Cheadle could single-handedly play every role in the MCU. Yeah, he could. He's that good. He'd be an American Black Panther. I'm good with it. <laughs> I'd love it.
2: <laughs> an American Black An
0: American Black Panther in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Well, do you guys want to uh <laughs> remind everyone where they can find you guys? Hey
2: guys, here's a reminder. We're the Minute Impossible guys. We do a podcast called... Where are
1: we at again, Jonathan?
2: Oh, Chris, I can't (laughs) remember. Uh, We're at MinuteImpossible.com. We have 110 episodes of the 1996 movie by Brian De Palma, uh, Mission Impossible. Right now, we are currently recording Mission Impossible 2, the John Woo craze fest with guns and motorcycles and masks and doves. So uh, it's a much different movie, and I hope we can't wait. It should be the next... (laughs) By the time this comes out. We will probably still have not come out yet, but we will definitely have a trailer out. So uh, go follow us on any podcatcher you've got. Mission Impossible. Excuse me. I just said Mission Impossible. It's Minute Impossible. (laughs) That's the name of our podcast. Minute Impossible. It's a pun. (laughs) Ha ha. Hilarious. Wordplay. So uh, come listen to us. And uh, if you uh, if, if you don't listen to our podcast yet and want to get to know us a little better other than us talking on here, go to Facebook and and find us on the Impossible Minute Force or at MinuteImpossible.com. We also have uh, – excuse me, Minute Impossible on Facebook
0: will also take you to those pages. So come join us. Awesome, guys. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com, join us over in our Discord chat room, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com/thenextreel. Until next time, true believers.